Welcome to Puritans Read, reading aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode nine of The Wiles of Satan by William Spurstow. Brother Spurstow is talking about speedy execution on the part of our enemy and how it's one of his wiles. Now, how powerful a means this is to obtain an end when persisted in and after receiving denials and repulses to turn opposition into yielding, the scripture will furnish us with full and pregnant evidence. What was it that drew from Samson the discovery of that secret that cost him his life, but Delilah's restless importunity She pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death. Judges 16.16 He whom the combined power of the Philistines could not overcome was foiled by the flattering solicitations of a woman so as to become both their laughter and their prey. What was it? that made the unjust judge in the parable too resolve to avenging the widow of her enemies, but a fear lest by her continual coming she should weary him. Luke 18.5 The original word is very emphatic, which Beza renders, lest she should beat or buffet him. It is the same as in 1 Corinthians 9.27 I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Alluding to the Roman cestus, in which a kind of fight it was, the aim of the adversary, to bring the other to stoop and fall under his blows. Yea, our Savior seems to ascribe a more prevailing power to importunity than to friendship, that the one will extort what the other cannot entreat. Luke 11, 8. I say unto you, though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him. Can it then be a matter of wonder to any Christian, as if some strange thing had befallen him, to find himself not only tempted to do evil, but incessantly pressed with vehemence to do it? Or need he, as not knowing the cause of this trouble, inquire as Rebecca did, Why am I thus? Is not Satan a subtle enemy? And is it not his designed aim to make the life of every believer either uncomfortable or unholy? The one by an irksome importunity to evil, the other by a consent and yielding to doing it. Is it not one of his arts and methods to work a despondence in those who resist him by continuing his assaults after a long and tedious conflict in which they have borne up against him so that, despairing of being conquerors, they may yield themselves as captives? Yea, has he not by this policy staggered many Christians 
so as to make them say those evil words, as Parisienus calls them, I am overcome. And so to choose rather to sin than any longer to endure the trouble of his assaults. It is true, perhaps, that such who have not experienced the continued violence of Satan's instigations in this kind, of putting them upon the commission of a particular sin, may judge it no hard task to persist in the denial of it and to turn a deaf ear to all his solicitations and importunity, it being easy to conceive many things to be more facile than we find them to be when essayed. But to them who think thus, I recommend you duly weigh these three considerations. The frailty and weakness of the flesh, which can as ill bear long temptations as long afflictions. What the length of afflictions will expose unto, David hints to us when he says, The rod of the wicked shall not rest upon the lot of the righteous, lest the righteous put forth their hands unto iniquity. Psalm 125, 3. And will not the rod of the wicked one do as much by its long continuous? The devil, the devil knows, said Luther, that we are earthen vessels which cannot always bear multiplied knocks and violent strokes, and therefore those he, he cannot bend to his will by force and fraud, he seeks to overcome by a continued importunity, and in this way he vanquishes many who lack the patience to endure, though they have at first the courage to resist, the art that Satan mingles with his violence. His urgency is not to a course and way of sin, but to the single act and commission of it. That which is often repeated and said over by him in his pressing of it is, do it just once, try it just this time. Why not once? Why not now? Is it not better to ease ourselves of the vexation by yielding once to the motion than to be always under it? He knows that if a sin is once committed, it will leave a proneness to do it again. And if the terrors of doing it, which are commonly greatest at first, are once broken through, it will not be a matter of difficulty to obtain the consent to doing it the second and third time, because the heart must be less bent against it in prayer, and the power of grace and faith less vigorous to resist it when weakened by yielding to sin, conscience also less tender and affected with the sense of it. The inequality of temper, which is in the best, grace, that makes the opposition to temptations that are both violent and long, does not always work alike in the soul any more than the pulse beats alike in the body. Grace sometimes has operations that are quick and strong, and at other times such as are slow and languid. There are none who stand quite out of the shadow of sin, though out of the region of death. 
Can it, therefore, be an easy work to bear up against Satan's pressing instigations unto evil? When the spiritual part is often clogged and made less active by the flesh, yea, when it is weakened by its treachery? Surely, were it not that the mercies of Christ were moved in him unto his own when they are in such a condition as he was towards Peter when Satan desired to sift him as wheat, their faith would fail. Let me then speak compassion to all those who labor under the relentless importunities of the tempter who for days, months, and years prompts them to some one sin, and they are no more able to flee from these temptations than to outrun themselves, no more able to cast them off than to shake off their own flesh. To any who have tasted the sweetness of holiness, what can be more hateful than daily instigations to sin? And to such who understand the blessedness of communion with God, what can be more bitter than to find themselves chained fast, as it were, to a devil who continually makes such applications of vile objects to their fancy that they cannot turn in the least from? If it were burdensome to Antiphoron Orietes, whom Aristotle reported to always behold his own image standing before him, how irksome must it be to a gracious heart to be always haunted with the spectacle and image of some sin as black as hell? May I not say then, on their behalf, what Hezekiah spoke by his messengers to Isaiah, in Second Kings nineteen three through four. This day is a day of trouble and of rebuke and blasphemy. Wherefore, lift up a prayer for them. O oh, pray that God would be their shield, and His power might be manifested in their weakness, so that the evil one might not touch them with any assimilating touch. Pray that, though he molests them, yet he may not defile them, that though he fights against them, yet he may not prevail over them, but that with the temptation, God would make a way to escape so that they may be able to bear it. That was episode nine of The Wiles of Satan. Mm-hmm.